I'm, I'm walking home. You know, I'm at my uh, alma mater, um, which is up this hill. You know, in a in a neighborhood called Morningside Heights, which is a really nice neighborhood, and so it's like very much very nice. And then just down the park is Harlem, you know, which is a place where urban folk hang out and live and grow up. So it's like like like, like the Globetrotters, right? Like the Globetrotters. That's 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 where the Globetrotters come from. I'm actually best friends with them. I'm like in this park, and the park you have to keep in mind is the intention of this park was to make sure Harlem and Morningside Heights stay kind of split apart. You know that one can't associate with the other. So it's a it's a bit of a hike. So I'm walking through that through that park, and then you know I see like this guy. He's got to be I don't know. He's dressed in a super nice suit and a tuxedo. He's got to be like part of a wedding party or something like that. And he's on the phone with the cops. You know. And then here's this kid, this Hispanic kid, kind of uh, arguing with him, talking about yo, you made the wrong choice on me, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like walking by, and I'm like, oh look, it's another fucking day in New York City. Let me go about my business. And I'm walking, and these two girls come up to me, and these two girls are like, hey, what happened here? What happened here? I'm like, I have no clue. I'm trying to get home. I look down the steps. We see the guy who was mugged, and uh, he's kind of like, you know, he's battered and bruised. He's on the phone with his parents. You know, there's like a girl next to him, so I figure either she's a good citizen or his girlfriend or whatever. But whatever, the situation's taken care of. This guy's already called the cops. Our mugger, on the other hand, he's stupid as fuck. He's left behind his backpack and his jacket at the scene of the crime, and he's run upwards to Morningside Heights. Now, if he ran downwards to Harlem, he could have easily, you know, kind of blended in with the crowd, and no cop would basically ever find him. You know, you go up to Morningside Heights, that dude's going to be in a police car by the end of the day. So these white girls that are with me, they're like, oh, man, what, what, you know, we got to do something. And I'm like, we, they already did something. They called the cops, you know. The guy left a ton of evidence behind. He did it in broad daylight on CCTV. What do you do? He's just like, no, we got to do something. We got to go and do something. I'm like, well, you have fun with that. I'm going to go home. And that's really kind of the climax of my story to kind of be I, done. That was the climax, I see. I actually have kind of the exact opposite experience, which is I am really like, like this just shows the, the difference between New York and Utah, which is like you are, you are upset that they would want to help because it's like, who gives a shit? This happens. This is happening again right now somewhere else. Well, it's not, it's not like I'm upset that, it, that they want to help, but it's more that, you know, there's nothing else to be done in this situation. There are other people already on top of it. The dude did everything he possibly could to make sure he's caught by the police, you know? So, because <laughs> I guess my point being is like, you know what sentence annoys the fuck out of me? What's is that? Somebody do something. Like, <laughs> not right. me. I don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> but somebody please help that man. <laughs> why aren't you fucking helping? Yeah, why don't you do it? You're right. You quit. So, like, to hear these girls be like, we, we have to do something. I like that. This story would have been much worse if they pointed at you and they're like, you, go go after that mugger. Go get right. it. Hey, you know who else got robbed? J- got J- Jason with Grand Theft Auto Five. I-, I was going to say I got my time robbed because that's way too long of an intro. That too. That's- yeah. Yeah. It was a, I mean, the story needed some build up, though. I mean, I need to cut to the chase right now before we waste more valuable time. <laughs> so... This is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode six. I mean, God, we no longer can count our episodes on one hand, so yeah, I think we pretty much can just quit now. I think we made it. We made I, it. That's it. Mm-hmm. We did it. Made men. <laughs> Hot dog, you guys. Good job. So we got the usual suspects. We have Jay here and Jared, and uh, I'm here, but you know, Michael's not here because he's literally on a stakeout, which is fucking awesome well now i don't know well, i don't know he, if you can he gonna stick out for the kid that mugged this guy because we need all the hands we could get see that's that's what i don't know see i've he he has had to be already for me very very secretive with what his new job entails so i'm curious to know so maybe he's just like an fbi plant and enemy slime because you know we don't fuck around no no i meant he was at a, a steakhouse yes oh. that's what i meant yes he's at oh. a steakhouse a steakhouse okay <laughs> right right isn't that what i said that is he's, what you said all i okay. start of hearing that's what that is all i can confirm is it is not a cheating woman that he is following because that was my first question uh so is it I, cheating husband did you ask that question no fuck god damn it oh that's what i'll ask him next time yeah yeah but yeah, he's he's probably at a steakhouse making sure nobody cheats on anybody. 
Yeah, I mean that would suck. That's like the worst place to be cheated on is at a steakhouse. I know you're all you're all happy. You just got a blooming onion. I'm sorry to interject, but um, you know we got a lot of crime stories going on, and maybe we should talk about video games. That's okay. Well, mm, fine. Okay. The real crime. Listen. The real crime would be not talking about video games. Right. Yes. Eh. Eh. Look, if you if you've been following CNN or Fox News or NPR. This week, all of them know where it's at. All of them are like Grand Theft Auto. This is the world's top right. news. Forget about, you know, Nairobi. Forget about Syria. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. That's what's... Syria who? Nairobi what? Who? I mean, <laughs> we're definitely... Else. We're on point here with the, the GTA news, because I have GTA news. Do you? I mean, yeah, I mean, as if we haven't heard enough of it already, we're going to hear even more. I'm, I'm actually excited to know, because I've actually kind of avoided following the controversy if there if you could call it that so what, well, what's the latest? gentlemen i mean th- we are responsible we birthed this get ready okay this this is- grand theft auto stab watch i mean we're we're almost at the level of terrestrial radio and that's just fantastic so um we need some dramatic music for that an- another person was beaten for their copy of gta 5 wow which is just fantastic i mean I've never heard of this happen so frequently before for other games. So I guess there's just something about the GTA crowd. The kid who, the, I guess I should say kid, he's a student. Uh, he was, he's mentally retarded and he was beaten by a married couple for his copy of GTA 5. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's the worst it can possibly get. I, <laughs> I shouldn't like be, that. I shouldn't be laughing because well, that's really I actually, bad. But. I actually read this story. Right? I know, I know the story you're talking about. And wasn't the woman quoted as saying we had intended to catch a cracker? I, I think I, that's, did, <laughs> I think that's, I didn't see that. All I saw was the happy ending bit, which was, of course, he received a free collector's edition copy, and some anonymous person gave him a bus pass to and from work because he has to take a bus to get to work. That's, I mean, that's, so he has like a free year of bus passes, I guess. Yeah, I remember. I remember it's just a pretty awful story. You know, the dude was you know, the dude that was um, robbed was black, so it's like. You know, but in her statement, she was like, yeah, well, this is the only guy we saw with GTA. We wanted a cracker, but we couldn't get that. So we picked on the mentally handicapped kid instead. See, but this is why this is why these kinds of stories are it's bad news. And the reason that it's it's it doesn't make for good news is because the people in question, the the robbers, the thieves, they have not actually played the game yet. (laughs) So we can't say that the game taught them to do these horrible things. Right. The real story that we're diving for here is someone who played the game and then went out and did something very heinous as a result. I mean, it's going to be really hard to find a case where somebody played GTA 5 and then went and stole somebody's GTA 5. Right, right. That's going to be tricky. (laughs) I still think Stabwatch is necessary, though, because, gentlemen, I don't think that the day Uh, is upon us. I would like to specify this, this gentleman was not stabbed, but... Stab watch is about all beatings. Yeah, so. it is about <laughs> yeah. all beatings. Yes. Any any kind of personal injury uh, given to you during the procurement of Grand Theft Auto Five that that goes into stab watch. Yeah, that'll earn you a stab watch place. So <laughs> not, I mean, if, if you have a story about out. being stabbed or beaten, <laughs> trying to pick up GTA Five, oh hey, these guys said we'll, we'll put us on if we go out and stab someone. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we will though. You'll be really famous. <laughs> yeah, you'll have like at least twenty people know about what you've done. This is the pinnacle of fame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, right here. Uh, Mist is, I guess, about twenty years old now. Did anybody even play Mist? Yeah, yeah. I uh, okay. I had it on. You're gonna laugh. I had it on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> I'm not gonna laugh because I had Mist uh, as well, and I I think I almost beat it. But that's where you feel a little bit old. Although I guess. Jay's older than both of us, so, you know. No, that's not true. I'm like 17. What are you talking about? Oh, all right, okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe. So, Mist is well before your time. Yes. He's, he's, I, he's more Mist. of a Riven man. Yeah. <laughs> or, or what? I only know Mist and Riven. I know there were a whole bunch after that, but I don't know what they were. I don't know. I know of all the knockoffs, oddly. Like, uh, there's something called Schism, I guess. That was a horrible Mist knockoff. Um, there was a, I think it starred like John Goodman or something. There was a, a parody video game called Pissed. <laughs> Nobody remembers that. <laughs> Not particularly. No. I really want to say John Goodman was in it. 
<laughs> anyway, right. it sounds like a John Goodman type thing. So. I might have to research that a bit. Let's see what what else is in the Mist series. We got Mist. We got Mist. Wait, what? Okay, we got Mist. We got Riven. <laughs> we have Mist Three Exile. We have mm-hmm. Uru Ages Beyond Mist. We did we not have a Mist remake of some sort? I'm sure at some point we have Mist Four Revelation. We have Mist Five End of Ages. Okay, I have I have a question because. This is like a whole big thing with Mist, and I did play it. What the fuck is the game about? That's a good question. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. John Goodman was in Pissed. I'm right. <laughs> Full motion video of actor John Goodman as King Mattress, the ruler of Pissed Island. <laughs> okay. I told you. All right. You, you didn't believe me, but I was right. <laughs> huh. Is this going somewhere? We're just reminiscing on our fond. No. Well, I just, I just thought maybe we could reminisce about you know hitting buttons and figuring out impossible puzzles. I think we should. I think we should each share our favorite missed moment. I'll go first. I liked the part where you turned the lever. <clears throat> okay. Well, I liked the part where there was a series of buttons and only one of them worked. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. I liked the part where I didn't know what the fuck to do in that game. I have a lot of games that I owned as a child. And if you were to go back and pull up, like, the last save I have in each of those titles, it would be terribly, terribly shameful. Because most of the games like that, I'm still on, like, just the second or third screen. I'm not very good. Like, if you went back and dug up all my King's Quest saves, (laughs) it would just, it would be a comedy in and of itself right there. I mean, they're good games. They're great games. But, but, oh, shit. Like, you would... Every save that you restore, you'd be like, all right, let's see, where is he? You'd take two steps and like a witch would pick you up, carry you away. <laughs> That'd just be that. So, yeah. Mist is very much the same. I remember my mom uh, bought it for me on the Sega Saturn when I was homesick from uh, school one day. Oh, that's sweet. I know, that was really nice of her to do that. And uh, it's actually, if you know Mist, you know that's actually kind of a mean thing to do to a child <laughs> when he's already having a bad day. <laughs> Here, here, sweetie, a new video game. When I was homesick from school, my mom just yelled at me because she wanted me to be in school. So I guess it was better. I think my mom got me Top Gear. That was actually a lot of fun. I have no complaints. I only remember remember one other, like, surprise video game when I was a kid. I don't remember the exact title, but it was was about the Tasmanian Devil from Looney Tunes, and he's on Mars. (laughs) I think the game is called Taz on Mars. But I remember my mom bought it for me because I was good or something. And she left it in the cupboard and forgot about it and didn't give it to me until, like, years later when I didn't need a Sega Genesis game anymore. I got one surprise game, which was actually Turok Dinosaur Hunter for N64. That's pretty good. I guess I I need to bring this up because it's kind of weird, but I actually, I have committed to memory the, what's called the big cheat in Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Oh, I I, I think I know the one you're talking about. It's NTH, GTH, DGD, CRT, DTRK. Oh, there you go. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody's head is now exploding. Yeah. For- but that was a fun game, if only for the cheats, because, you know, you could make everybody disco dance and have big heads. So yeah. I played Turok with my brother, I remember, and we were obsessed with kind of finding these weird-ass puddle- puzzles. I, You know what? I thought the story was going somewhere, but I can't remember the rest of it. So well, it wasn't- I... I'm kind of curious. Did you find any puddles with your brother? <laughs> did, I say, did I say puddles? Is that what I said? Oh, I, think I, was... I, meant, I think I meant portals. Port- portals. And they're, um, they're, they're the same thing, essentially. You know, Turok 1 was good, and I, this is probably blasphemy, but I always have really fond memories of Turok 2, because it was one of the first games I remember playing that was a first-person shooter that had, like, events that would trigger as you walk through the world. So, like, you walk forward and, like, something blows up. And it's it's yeah. not impressive now, but back then I was like, oh shit, that that was pretty crazy stuff. I do have some other stuff. I you know the Looney Tunes games because you mentioned the Taz stuff. I remember those were those were all pretty good. It was had, like it was a fun game. Yeah, like one with the Roadrunner where you always had to destroy by the coyote stuff, and then yeah, the one with Bugs Bunny that was a lot of fun. Did we actually play any video games this week? <laughs> uh... yeah. Well, I have more news. Yeah, I mean... yeah, we're not done with the news. God, quit being so fucking impatient. <laughs> God. <All right. laughs> okay. Okay. Actually, this news isn't really something I'm even interested in. It's just kind of something that everybody inevitably won't stop talking about, which is the online mi- microtransactions in GTA. Does anybody really care about that? Wait, I don't, I don't even know. In GTA? Well, apparently there's going to be microtransactions 
I don't, I don't know what the scope of them, but I guess people are just complaining because, you know, they're going to have to pay to buy content to play in their GTA Online oh, game. Oh, okay, oh, so really? it's for GTA Online. I'm, right. I've been interested in uh, GTA Online and how that's going to shape up, uh, especially since I'm basically done with the game and I need more shit to do. <laughs> well, there was there was another thing about sort of confirming GTA 5 for PC. I mean, I think we kind of already knew it was coming, so they found, you know, configuration lines, debug lines for PC, stuff like that. So, I don't know. I don't know why Rockstar doesn't just come out and say, like, yeah, we're releasing it for PC, because people are just going to find that stuff anyways. I mean, yeah, you're right. But on the other hand, like, I understand, you know, just... I really think that this entire release strategy was just to ring out what was left of, of this console cycle. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like at this point, even the people, pretty much everyone I know who is my age has a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox. Like, even even the people who have nothing to do with video games, they have just, at this point in the game, they have acquired one of those devices. I'm just the weird one out there. You, you really, in all sincerity, you, you are. Like, even the people I know who are the most disconnected from games just have one that they're doing Netflix through or something like that. And so yeah. I, feel, oh, I feel like at this point they were able to just kind of bring all those people together by just only focusing on those two systems. I think they were really able to kind of like scrape just the bottom of that barrel and just get every single person who was left in the universe to buy that <laughs> fucking game. Okay, so I've got some real actual breaking news on GTA because believe it or not, I'm playing it during our podcast. Oh, that's, uh, that's why our podcast is always so good. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I found a glitch. So you know, you know, cougars are back from not GTA San Andreas, but from uh, Red Dead Redemption. You know, because that's the best part animal that can kill you instantly. So those are back. Those are in here, and they like hunting you down whenever you go to the mountains and killing you right away with no chance to defend yourself. So here I am. I'm riding around on a motorcycle. I'm shooting this cougar to death. Cougar dies. I park my motorcycle next to it. I need a picture of this fucking cougar to prove I did it. And I step on the cougar, and I essentially blow up and fly into the air, and I die. <laughs> Do you mean, like, the cougar, like, whipped around and blew up your motorcycle? Like, I mean, my motor. I got off my motorcycle. I went just to try and take a picture of this cougar, and I just went <laughs> flying into the air with the words wasted. So the cougar got me back in death. Oh, you got, like, Skyrimmed, basically, where sky. people yeah, like, always uh, used to die, like, just walking up against fruit carts and shit. Yeah, exactly. What was the, so, it was the Giants, right? Like, I remember my very first time playing Skyrim, I got like two minutes in and I ran up to a giant and he slapped me up into the sky thousands of feet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Only this was a cougar corpse. It wasn't a fucking giant. <laughs> so. That's, that's pretty sweet. I've only encountered one glitch in the game so far. And, okay. uh, it was because I, I, I'm pretty sure when I was doing one of Michael's missions, I walked in the house through the wrong door. Like, I think they wanted me to come in the front door, but I came in the back. When I came inside, all of my family was was there, but they were just standing. They weren't sitting down anywhere. So, like, I walk into the living room, and my daughter's just standing perfectly still on the couch. Just, like, standing just on standing it. standing on it. And I go into the kitchen, and there's my wife, and she's standing just straight up, perfectly still, just right on top of the counter in the corner of the kitchen. And actually, I don't even think it was my wife. I think it was a different skinned uh, woman. <laughs> So, <laughs> skin. hey, are we going to discuss women in GTA? Because that's hot topic. Well, when we're oh. when we're done with the fucking news, we will. <laughs> God, holy shit! It's like I took a kid to Disneyland, and it's like, man, we're in Main Street. Give it some time. That's it, Jay. You're off the fucking podcast. We're walking. Yeah. We're walking to Space Mountain, and you gotta wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll wait. <laughs> we're crawling to Space Mountain. Yeah, it's a crawl. It's a slow crawl. I mean, the news is pretty much done. We could have talked about SteamOS, but I, I don't think there's really much to talk about. Well, we could talk about SteamOS. So I, I I think it's cool, but I also completely understand why somebody wouldn't see the value of it. Yeah, and I don't see the value of it, but I see why why you would. So that's about all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, like for for me, where you know, I've 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 kind of got these different setups, and and uh, once you get married, you can't just put like a huge ass tv on your desk i mean maybe you can my wife would probably allow it but <laughs> even if even if you have a cool wife that won't let you do that like you'll feel obligated to not do that so when i want to use my huge ass tv like it's nice now that i don't have to buy another you know 1300 dollars gaming pc to do so so 
So yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. that. But I think if you're a person who is looking for a compelling reason to get into PC gaming, I don't think this is it. Like, like the Steam box is cool. Which, by the way, by the time this goes up, that's probably what they're going to announce. I don't know if you guys saw the entire chain here, but uh, Valve has three announcements this week. One was the Steam OS on Monday. Uh, okay. The next one is coming tomorrow uh, when this goes live. It'll actually probably already be out, and boy, won't we look stupid. But I'm I'm <laughs> betting it's the Steam box. I'm I'm betting it's a piece of hardware. You know what, though? Whatever it is, it will be covered on EnemySlime.com. Yes, well, it, it will be. But the important one, the mystery one that nobody's really been able to guess, is whatever's coming on Friday. I don't know if you guys would like to theorize. Maybe Half-Life 3. If you want to use words like half-life. No, yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it, too. But just, like, just come with me here for a second. How fucking crazy would it be? Uh, it would... I don't know if it would even be crazy anymore. It would have been crazy if they'd announced it maybe like last year or the year before. But now it's just like, now, now I think it's more like bitter resentment. So even if they said Half-Life 3, you'd be like, oh, it took long enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I agree. I, I think they will announce something. I think it'll be a game of some kind. I don't know that for sure. I know that all the announcements are geared towards a living room uh, kind of setup. So even if they do announce something, it could Wait. wind up being like a SteamOS exclusive. Does, does Valve do video games? Is that a thing they do? No, they've they've made a couple. Oh, have they? Um, yeah. Anything I've heard of? Uh, uh, sh- Team Fortress 2. Mm. Uh, Ricochet, I think. Hat. Ricochet. Hat, Hat Fortress 2. Hat for, Hat for, Vaguely familiar? Vaguely? Yeah. It's a good, it's a good game. It's about getting hats. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. that sounds kind of fun. I, I think, I think what seems most likely to me, what I want to imagine and what I think will probably happen is on Friday, I think they might finally announce Source 2. Uh, probably Left 4 Dead 3 to go with it. Because I know that when Valve does get around to making a third game, I know it's going to be the one I want the least. So You left... don't want another Left 4 Dead? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean... I would I... actually be more excited for an engine update at this point than Half-Life 3 just because I think Source is getting super creaky and old. Well, well, no, 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 wait a minute. I want to I wanna listen to Jared's problem with Left 4 Dead now. I just don't. Sure. I just don't think there's enough of a difference between one and two to make well, it worth there might it. Be a big difference between two and three, except two's harder. Like two, two is for whatever reason a lot harder for me than one. What's it? Yeah, I, I always play alone because I don't have friends. Oh, let's see. That's yeah, I was going to say. You know, my problem with Left 4 Dead Two is I don't have anybody to play it with. Oh, yeah. well, play with me. Well, there we go. See, we we can all buy Left 4 Dead Two, um, <laughs> but I've. <laughs> I don't think I've beaten any of the levels aside from the first one. Like I can't get through that goddamn circus. Yeah, but the parish is like the best thing ever. I've played them all. I just haven't gotten to the end of all of them. The AI just—I don't know if it's that the AI sucks or that it's harder or what, but I just, the AI, AI, the real AI sucks a lot more. The AI definitely—that's why you need friends for Zoom. Yeah, I just—I just can't do it for some reason. So yeah, the AI is—I mean, the AI will actively get you killed in Left 4 Dead Zoom. But it's not yeah. it's not that I think they're bad games. It's just that out of everything else that I could have, like a Portal 3 or a Half-Life 3 or um, I think that's it. But Left 4 Dead 3 is definitely the one I want the least. I think Half-Life 3 is actually the one I, lo- I want oh, the no. least. Oh, no. Actually, I misspoke. Team Fortress 3 is come the back. one I want the least. Come back. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, Team Fortress 3. You're right. I agree it's, with that. It's another one where, like, it's a fun game. I just don't. I'm not dying for it. So, uh... How about those ladies in Grand Theft Auto? Are you re- are we ready to talk about it? Is that is that it for our news? God, is this even a thing? I mean, yeah, we're done with the news. But is this whole I, ladies of Grand Theft Auto even a thing? I do, I do, I do have commentary on it though. I do have something to say. Oh my gosh! Yes. Ah! Speak your mind, boy. <laughs> okay, so this is this is kind of a big thing, and you know it's a big thing because places like CNN and NPR are reporting on it, and that's the presence of women in Grand Theft Auto, or the lack thereof. And, you know, I've actually been following this not as, you know, not super close, like not a hobby, but I can't avoid it. Everyone's always looking at me, articles and shit. And, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, there's no, like, kind of strong female representation, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the article I just read before doing this podcast on NPR was talking about how, oh, despite not having any girls in it, women love this game. And... It's it's kind of awkward, and I think the best point I've seen kind of made on the game is actually from a quote-unquote journalist that I'm not a big fan of, so I won't say their name, and I won't advertise their website, but um, 
you know, the point that he made was Grand Theft Auto is ultimately kind of a parody on everything that's kind of fucked up with society, right? So this Grand Theft Auto is particularly, you know, mad at the economy and the government and all that kind of stuff. This is the first time where you're not really dealing with criminals as much as you are just corruption and rich people and so forth. So no one is really portrayed well in this game. And the people that are portrayed well are usually kind of the protagonist. So the point they made was, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, everyone kind of looks like an asshole in this game. Unless they're one of the three main characters, it's kind of impossible to not look like an asshole. And they're right about that. And I found something interesting in the game, you know, these crew missions where you, I mean, these heist missions where you construct your crew you pick your characters and you do things like uh, find getaway drivers and gunmen through the end of the game. And they use it for Easter eggs and all of that. So, you you know, you have these two crew members that are women. You have this one girl, Paige Harris, I think is her name. And then the other one, uh, Taliana, that you can rescue in a random event. And they're cool. They're badass. If you ever use them on a heist, you know, they're some of the best members you can have on your heist crew. So kind of shows a limited exploration of the game that, you know, you wouldn't even call out these two characters that are kind of effective, if not more effective than the main protagonist. And, you know, they're kind of sitting around in this game. And Dan Hauser, I think, you know, who wrote Grand Theft Auto and oversees its development, he he even said that, you know, had people talked to him about this female presence earlier, he would have done a job kind of exploring it better. You know, he said this himself. Right, because he had forgotten that women were a thing. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. I mean, fair enough, fair enough. If, if only someone had reminded him that 50% of the population on Earth was was a different gender. Well, I, see, I have a theory. This, this, is, this is kind of where it's going. I have a theory. Tell me your theory. Uh, my theory is that he will try and rectify this in one of the episodes. And that he has these two characters to at least do it with. So, I don't. I don't understand why this is coming up now. When has Grand Theft Auto ever had a strong female presence in it? Like, I guess, I guess, sort of Michelle in four, maybe. I think mm. what well, Mich- Michelle. Um, I don't think so. Feel, feel free to lay the rest of them on me. Well, there was um, there was um, shit. I forget her name. Oh, uh, but Grand oh Theft Auto the, the Asian Grand chick Theft with the sword, Miho. <laughs> She, Grand Theft Auto 3, she was the main antagonist. She was, like, the main baddie. Uh, I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name either. But, but uh, see, that's so, probably not a good thing. <laughs> okay. Like, I kind of so, I kind of feel like they're doing women a favor by not having them in this game because, like, no, a, nobody's presented in a good light, right? Like, there's there's nobody who's presented well. And then I think the thing with a, a Grand Theft Auto protagonist is they're always presented as a psychopathic scumbag. You know, I don't think that's ever not been the case. Maybe once, maybe twice, but for the most part, all the previous characters, all three main characters in Grand Theft Auto Five, it's like these guys are scum, they're assholes, and you're just kind of playing them. So, so if you want a female protagonist, that's how they're going to have to play her. It's like she's a scumbag, and I'm not sure too many people might appreciate that. I mean, look into any GTA game, and even like pedestrians are jerk offs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're always. Even the pedestrians are portrayed as being either jerks or insane. Like, how many times did you walk down the street uh, in GTA 4 and hear some black guy yell out, cheesy vaginas? It's like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and then and then GTA 5, I think, it, it does that especially well because every every single NPC conversation you hear is just, like, the most shallow thing on the planet. Like, talking about their plastic surgeon or talking about how they got a role, you know, in a movie and all this other kind of bullshit that makes you want to punch everyone in the face. Yeah. Um, I do think it could be interesting if they do it. And, you know, I think my point in bringing out and bringing up Dan Hauser's notes is everyone got super angry when the game was announced because it's like, here's this free protagonist structure and none of them is a, is a woman. But by the time they announced the game, it was basically done. So <laughs> unless they wanted kind of a major overhaul, uh, it wasn't happening, but I do think that it's something they'll attempt to at least rectify in the episodes. I don't think they're going to wait as long as uh, GTA 6. You think about the, uh, the the main character that you play as hasn't really evolved or changed too much. They're always kind of the same guys. I can't speak for GTA 5, but uh, it's it's kind of always the same guy, isn't it? I mean, I mean the... Like you yeah. said, it's it's always like a scumbag. It's always a scumbag, but I don't think they're necessarily the same guy. I think it's I th- like 
I think Nico is probably the um, the most empathetic uh, main character that they've had, and even he's pretty fucking shady. He's he's really fucking shady. Yeah. I think I think the most and they clown him by the way, but I think the most empathetic they've ever had um, was Johnny, the biker from um, you know the Lost and the Damned, and you got him in like one or two missions in the main GTA Four because he's the only one who's not kind of a straight up you know criminal. I mean, he is a criminal still, but he's not. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to talk about them as not scumbags because they're usually just scumbags. Um, but I think he's kind of been most sympathetic. You know, Nico from GTA 4, it's like he flipped his switch pretty easily. And then he was just back to murdering people again because what fucking ever? What else can I do in life? That's sort of what I meant. I didn't really mean that they're all the same, but like they're, they're all, none of them have any real qualms about the criminal element and oh, getting involved not. in it. Yeah. So if anybody's looking for, uh, you know, a main character who's female and is maybe portrayed as being like sort of good. I don't think that would ever happen anyway. Oh yeah, and it stuff it definitely hasn't happened in the heist missions. I mean, in the heist missions, when you use Paige and Taliana, they're both pretty hardcore. They're like, you know, they're no better than anyone else. It's like, you know, let's kill these motherfuckers, let's get our money, and let's get out of there. So can we so, can we name one mentally sound person who has actually played any sort of prominent role in a GTA story? That's, that's what I was going to ask. Is like, who's the most likable? Like. So I don't think I don't think either of you have played episodes, but I think um, Johnny is, and I think Johnny's the most likable best character because he, you know, by the time you get to the to the game, he wants to retire out of being a biker, and you know his friend gets out of prison who actually runs the bike club, and his friend's doing all this stupid stuff like getting into drugs, and Johnny he's still you know stealing drugs and trying to sell it, but he's doing it for the sake of you know getting the bike crew financially straight. It feels like he actually cares about his friends. I think one thing about GTA protagonists is they always feel like they're using people. Or if they have friends, they're like really kind of nasty to them. And he didn't feel that way. And then Johnny even will go out his way to kind of save people. Like he has an ex-girlfriend that he kind of hates. But when he finds out she's in trouble, uh, he's off to save her. And I think in terms of kind of the, the nicest and most morally right, that's the closest thing they've got is this retired biker dude. He's just stomped people's faces in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's an interesting choice. Uh, I've definitely, I never played stories from Liberty City, so I never, never got into, uh, the gay Tony stuff or the, or, uh, the Lost and Damn stuff. But out of the core games, like nobody, aside from, aside from Jay's suggestion, I don't think anybody really comes to mind as being. If you can yeah. think of one, send it to us at contact at enemyslime.com. <laughs> send it to us and do not say CJ because CJ's a fucking scumbag as well. You just didn't pay yeah. attention to the game. I was going to say, don't don't send any of that CJ shit. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that CJ did that was retarded. Yes, I, exactly. I, see, and I would have said CJ because I, I only got as far as that dancing mission. So up until <laughs> then... I mean, there's nothing wrong with dancing. Up until then, he was great. He was a good, really good person. And I, I, would, I wouldn't go that far. I feel like the games wouldn't work if the main character wasn't a horrible person because that's what you want to do as soon as you get dropped into a Grand Theft Auto, right? It's like, yeah, I'll play a couple missions, but then I'm going to take this rocket launcher and just cause some problems. And it's a, <laughs> well, it's a lot easier and a lot more believable when the person you're playing as is, is someone like, say, Trevor from Grand Theft Auto V, as opposed to, like, you know, being this, this cool, nice... Uh, you know, level-headed character who all of a sudden is like, well, let's go crazy and kill everyone. And that's kind of exactly where Grand Theft Auto V works, because it's like, you know, the Rampage missions were kind of a big problem for me in GTA 4. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like these guys are just kind of going on a Rampage for no reason. Having the three protagonists and make, them making it so the Rampages are Trevor only makes a shitload more sense than it did before. Yeah, and actually, I think he is probably... At least out of the GTAs that I've played, I think he's probably the best character in any of them. At least as far as as far as anything I want to do in that game, it feels normal as long as I'm controlling Trevor. As long as you're controlling Trevor, yeah, I agree. I think I think when I play Michael or when I play Franklin, hell, I, I'll even go as far as obeying traffic laws and shit when I'm one of those two. But when I'm <laughs> fucking Trevor, I will ram other people just to make sure that they are not alive in their cars anymore. And then I'll take their car. <laughs> it sounds really psychotic, but Trevor justifies everything that you do. No, it really, it really is interesting because I've, I've noticed the same thing where, like, I, I would pull someone out of their car uh, to hijack them and they'd say something. They'd be like, this is bullshit, man. And I'd be like, oh, you think that's bullshit? And then, you know, just cap them on the ground or something. And it, it would have it felt weird with a different character. But with Trevor, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 
And Trevor, I think, you know, without spoiling it too much, is one of their best for a couple of reasons. And it's like, it's not just because he's kind of an unforgivable psychopath. It's because he's a smart, unforgivable psychopath. Like some level of him knows what he's doing. And that that's what makes him so goddamn scary. So, Jason, what do you think of Trevor? <laughs> um, he looks like an okay guy. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a good what, dude. What I've seen. That's just, you know, from everything I've seen. Listen, uh, you're talking to the guy who uh, played Fallout New Vegas and decided he was going to play as like a serial killer. So I went around killing people and then I cut up their corpses with a machete and stacked them up in a tent. Well, I mean, so. that sounds... This normal. this whole this whole podcast is getting filed away in some NSA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far we've talked about muggings and stakeouts and, you know, how our treatment of people and video games and steakhouses steakhouses that's what i said yeah all the all the true psychopath stuff yeah it was uh it was he like i said he's definitely the best best part of that game like it it, yeah it works better than anything else uh that i've that i've played from them for a while Uh, i like all the red dead influences the fixed combat and things like that Um, yeah it's been a good it's been a good game i haven't gotten as far as you uh, but you know, hopefully I'll catch up soon. I've been playing uh, a lovely little title. <laughs> um, what have uh, been playing? I've actually I've had a week to calm down. Okay. Um, my right. my my wife listened to the podcast and she's like, "You sound deranged." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "You did sound a little deranged." It's because I was, but. I've since had some time to relax, restore balance and order in my universe. Uh, and I played a little bit more of the wonderful 101. Uh, I'm still not prepared to say it's a very good game, uh, but I, I, yeah, it's still not a good game. I just have less swear words to associate with it now. Well, yeah, you, you still gave it a two out of five. So, well, you, you, spoiler you, alert, because I didn't put that review up yet. But let, I, let me let me just say, you do sound a lot cooler than you did last week. Don't I sound cool as a cucumber? Yeah, it's because I'll tell you why. It's because I'm not playing it anymore. Um, there's there's nine operations in the game, and I really wanted to give it a fair shot, and so I made it all the way to like Operation Seven, and I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do those last two. I just I'm not up for it. Not interested. It's not good. So I am just gonna watch the ending on YouTube and uh, and see what happens. How is, how, how is the story? The story is pretty weak, and, and the reason it's weak is because there's there's kind of a big I don't even know if you'd call it a twist, but like there's kind of a big plot development where things get serious, but that development doesn't happen until well past the middle of the game. And so like there's there's kind of one character, his name's Luca. And this isn't even really a huge spoiler because if you've watched any of the trailers, they've already ruined all of this. And this is part of why this is such a problem for this game because it does have this nice plot dynamic and they've just completely ruined it. In the Nintendo Direct, they played a story trailer where they revealed the, pretty much the entire plot, like aside from the ending. But uh, but this character, Luca, who's one of your students, his his parents have been killed uh, during the process of the invasion. And he primarily blames the Wonderful 100 for it. And and so because of but at the same time, like he teams up with you throughout the game. And uh, I guess this is a spoiler about a little past halfway through the game. He betrays you. Oh, what? He betrays you and sides with the enemy. You totally ruined this game for me now. It's pretty, it's actually not bad. Like, it's it's pretty good drama, but they take so long to get to it. Like, it, right. just, it takes ages. And if, like I said, if, you, if you've already watched a trailer, or even if you're just pretty good at story beats, like, they reveal little chunks and pieces about his backstory, and you can have it figured out by, like, the second mission. His His mother invented the shields that protect Earth. Or, I'm sorry, it's not called Earth in the game. It's called Dearth. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's not, I didn't make that up. It is called Dearth. <laughs> okay. Uh, his mother invented the shields that protect Dearth, and she died in order to ensure that those shields continue working. And they keep dropping hints at this the whole game that that's his mother. Uh, they, they, they'll be like, we can't ever forget the creator of those shields who died to protect them. And one of the characters will be like, the creator? And... You're you're left to kind of piece the rest together, but anyway, he betrays you, and uh, and breaks the shields, 
that you've worked for the entire first half of the game to protect. Uh, so only then does like shit get real. And even then it doesn't get very real. <laughs> so on a rating of um, Dexter season finale to 10, what would you rate the story? Oh, man. I knew this was coming. I, I know. <laughs> I know we're a video game podcast, but we might have to take a minute. <laughs> I knew this was coming. It's oh, actually, no. it's actually, um, it's definitely better than that. So let's consider for a second that nothing could be worse than the Dexter season fin- or series finale. If you if you consider that a, a ground level, like three feet beneath the topsoil, uh, kind of zero, with like Breaking Bad or something like that being a ten, Wonderful One Hundred One's probably probably like a three or a four. Like it's it's got an interesting idea. But it just doesn't happen until the halfway point. Nobody else in the in the game is interesting. Like this this character, this student, he has like this cool backstory, and and he when he does betray you, like it, they were able to sell it and kind of have it make sense. Uh, whereas you know, in a show like Dexter, nobody's choices make sense. Yeah, that's that show is that was the worst thing I've ever watched. Yeah, I think I think I have to destroy my computer. <laughs> I don't think that's hyperbole either. Like I genuinely that whole concept of a television show ending is something that it, it's a new thing, right? To to say, well, hey, yeah. let's let's have some artistic integrity and let's just call it good and and wrap it up. And I think it was kind of a trend that Lost started where where the creators and whether or not Lost did a good job is is a moot point, but the creators basically said, you know, hey, let's just let's end it. Let's let's just wrap it up. Yeah, I think it's a it's a relatively new trend. It happened around the time of Lost, where we wanted a uh, kind of heavier story content on the air. You know, Lost wasn't necessarily the 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 only one or the first one, but it was definitely the biggest one, and it was definitely one where the creators are like, you know, we need to end this thing. So it's definitely a new trend. I remember um, actually someone telling me a story about how they pitched a show to Hollywood kind of right before the trend had started. They they were pitching to Sci-Fi, and it was a story based thing. Um, kind of like Lost was, and Sci-Fi was like, no, we don't want that. We need kind of episodics, and to need we wrap up every week, and that is not the trend anymore. You know, you, you know, those, those shows still exist, but everyone's kind of like, okay, we need the next this thing or that thing or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, and so the reason why I mentioned that, and I understand, like I said, that Lost isn't the first show to do that, but I feel like Lost is one of the first shows to really do it uh, primarily in service of a story. Whereas, you know, like, like MASH had an ending, but it just had it because the show had been on for fucking 19 years and if it kept <laughs> right. going, you know, where was it going to go? And, and other shows like that, that, that ended, I feel like Lost was very much, you know, hey, we can't continue this reasonably and have it be good. And so, and they couldn't even really end it and have it be good. Uh, well, I, I mean, there are other reasons for that. I that's, think behind that's the up, scenes. That's up for debate at least, but. Uh, but Dexter, the reason why I say all of this is because in the time that I have watched shows end for like justifiable reasons, uh, Dexter has effectively done the worst job out of any TV show ever, period. Like I, it could not have gone worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree. And this is with, this is keeping in mind with the fact that I actually like the idea of shows just wrapping up eventually like having a cohesive story over the entire series and then stopping i actually like that better than having these little uh self-contained stories that wrap up neatly within the same episode and i still but it's like you said it's the worst thing i've ever seen yeah <laughs> ever yeah especially at a time where you know i mean obviously running next to breaking bad is is not helpful but just there are so many other shows that have pulled it off at this point that have had good endings. I don't know, Jason, if you've ever watched The Shield. Have you ever heard, seen that show? Uh, no, but I, I just heard from a lot of angry Dexter fans that it had a much better ending. Yeah, yeah. The Shield is a show that ended in a really satisfying way. And uh, I actually would very much recommend that you go back and, and check it out. Like it's it kind of has that same, uh, you know, rest on your sins kind of message to it. And it's a great example of, of how to actually end a show uh, for a character who's done so many bad things. Like what a proper justifiable ending for that character is. And I, I don't think uh, that a show has pulled it off better than The Shield so far. Uh, I'm going to try not to spoil anything about the ending of Dexter just because, I don't know, I guess someone might still be waiting to be disappointed by it. I'd like them to experience that because I had to. But um, I, I want to say of that all the spoilers not to put on our podcast. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is the one where it's, I'm just bitter and I want somebody else to be angry like me. But um, I don't have so much issue with the actual events of the finale as much as I have an issue with how it was built up during the season. And then then the, the, the events in the finale, once you take into account the entire season that preceded it, none of it really makes any sense. Right. Well, that's the issue, right? Is everything they build towards, they just discard. Like, it would be like if Lost ended and they, there was no island. I know that's almost how Lost ended. But... That is almost how I was about to say that. <laughs> but, you know, like, how it ended. it's it's really just like, it, it, it it's just, they totally set it up and it's really kind of cheap because... They they have set this up and they've made you feel like this show's always been really predictable. And so they've made you feel like, oh, I know where we're going. And I, I guess they thought that it was a twist to have it end differently. But it's not if it's not earned and they didn't earn any of what they give you. Like it's it's a twist in the sense that, listen, if, if you define what happened at the end of Dexter as a twist, like a legitimate twist, then I guess I could have made the finale of Dexter be that. Uh, Dexter murders everybody in the police station and rides off on a unicorn because nobody would have expected that. Well, right, but th- so, so that's it's totally a twist. That's what it is, right? Is it's a twist? It's a twist in the sense that like you didn't see that coming, bitch. Yeah, like it's literally like someone hit you over the head and it's like sucker. Like boom. Uh, the ending was exactly what I. Uh, it was exactly what I would have possibly expected had the season actually been going there. It just wasn't. Yeah, if you actually, I I bet if you watched. Maybe if you watched like the first half of the season and just discarded the second half and then watched the finale, like maybe your brain could piece it together so it worked. Right. That might be a totally possible. Like you might be able to be like, oh, okay, maybe this is what happened. But man, just not earned at all. Like, and the, the most insulting thing, uh, the, the worst part about the entire thing is I've read several interviews with like the showrunner and the executive producers and they just think they nailed it. Oh, yeah, they're like, nailed it. And, and very much have an attitude of, like, some people aren't going to like this. Like, I feel like I feel like it's an artist who took a big old dump on a canvas and then smeared it around everywhere and, and, then, and then calls it polarizing. As though, like, as soon as you call your piece of art polarizing, like, you've just justified it being shitty. Basically, it's like he smeared shit on the canvas and you said, oh, it smells like shit. And he's like, yes, the, uh, the thing that I painted is so so shocking to your senses that you can almost smell the shit. It's like, no, it's really just shit. Well, and, and then not only that, but then, then he has the nerve to be like, this isn't shit. This is, this is paint. Right. It's just, I can't even comprehend this. Uh, it's like, this oh, people this. are so mad because, uh, because they didn't want, they didn't want any of this to happen. It's like, no, I, I, I didn't care if any of this had happened as long as it was justified. But yeah, Jay, as you, as you transition into your film life, I feel like that's what you need to do. Anytime you receive negative criticism for anything that you create, just simply call it polarizing or divisive. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, it's immune to criticism. You know, right. if, if everybody thinks it's awful, just be like, yes, it's a very divisive film. <laughs> <laughs> my mother saw it and she said it was excellent. That's, that's going to be my strategy going forward. Yeah, that's just it, it's uh, I, I guess you got to admire them because they are not letting it phase them at all. Like they're just doing fine in the face of in the face of literally the entire Internet hating what they've done. <laughs> Show, Showtime put up a picture for you to retweet when the show ended. And the picture said, I survived the Dexter season a series finale. But nobody did. What, what, wow. That, they really put that up? That's what they put up. That's like... It's got like a big blood stain on it, and it says, I survived the Dexter series finale. And a bunch oh, of the people God. who did retweet it are like, yes, I did, and I did think about killing myself several times. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like, wow. I survived it, but only just barely. The original showrunner after the finale had aired, um, Clyde Phillips, he posted what he had originally envisioned for the ending. Which is just horrible because then you're like, oh, I wish he hadn't left. What, what, what um, did he, uh, I, I didn't think his, I, I didn't like his either. But I mean, his was more like an idea, though. It wasn't real. Like I, he wasn't necessarily saying like, oh well, everything that would have happened in this season would have happened, and then I'd have slapped this ending on it. I think he's saying that it would have worked towards that. Yeah. Because what what he was saying was that Dexter would be like uh, on a table receiving a lethal injection and. Uh, everything that we had seen in the show 
including all of like his narration was kind of him just like his death, his right. life his life flashing before his eyes as yeah. the the poison's being injected. A, a key piece of that was he looks out into the audience and all the people that are there are the people that he's killed during the show or or who have died as a result of his actions, even very indirectly. So, okay. but I I, I I feel like that is a little too I don't know like Dallas or something like like it was all a dream. Oh, it, yeah, but it, I mean, wasn't it wasn't really really a dream. A dream it wasn't because like, it happened, but I don't know. It's just yeah. it's it's kind of a weak time jump to me. But I mean, it does go to show how like I was invested in the show at some point to the point where like I have definitely worked out how the eighth season could have gone. I've I've actually got a pretty compelling one like thought up in my brain. Okay, let's hear. Do you really want? I'm being sincere. Like it's not a joke season. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna be like Dexter becomes a clown and then he <laughs> fights a lady. No, oh, mine. <laughs> the the season starts with his sister who's just committed murder for him, uh, like killed someone very important. And the first like four episodes are her basically hating his guts. And she's like strung out on drugs and alcohol. And yeah. she, I think what should have happened is she should have gone back to being a cop, but just made it her goal to get Dexter caught and put in jail. And then the entire season could have basically been a manhunt. Like she follows him across the country trying to to catch him and and bring him to justice and like the showrunner even said he's like i always knew i can't talk about that without spoiling it maybe i shouldn't never mind either way (laughs) um i I, i've got it worked out and i'm pitching it showtime right now we're just gonna go back in time we're gonna erase everybody's memories so just forget i'm sure they'll go for that yeah they're gonna go for it yeah you can pull up you can pull a rocky balboa rocky five never happened is that how that is? I don't think I've ever seen a Rocky. Oh, a, a well, Rocky I guess that doesn't work. Your season and uh, the original showrunner is his ending. Sound a lot more kind of satisfying than what actually ended up did happening. Well, because what happens in the actual season is like halfway through, Deb stops hating Dexter and is like, no. "I love you again," and then that- it, and then it starts a completely different plot thread. Basically, just rendering everything. It feels like they just dug themselves into a hole. Uh, the writers did, and then they just dug themselves out so that they could carry on like normal. Instead what of like, the, instead uh, of addressing their problems. The the reason Breaking Bad works is because <clears throat> Walter White is somebody who you don't who isn't made out to be a hero constantly. Whereas someone said uh, on a comment section somewhere, and I thought it was extremely accurate, is every time Dexter does something wrong, the writers make it their goal to kind of explain to you why Dexter's still the hero and why you should still like him. Yeah, see, that's a very kind of, I think, increasingly archaic Hollywood concept that, yeah. you know, if you're going to have kind of a villainous character for it, then you kind of need to go for it and need to stop the Hollywood BS of trying to justify them, make them the hero unlikable, and kind of just go where the story is naturally intended to go. And to tie this back to video games, because we haven't talked about video games in a while, yeah, hey, that's kind that? of that's kind of what uh, GTA 5 does in terms of their characters is, you know, I'm at the end of the game now and it went in a very, a very natural direction without trying to justify any of the nasty shit the three main characters have done. So I guess I kind of understand the concept that, you know, we always want to make sure our characters are heroes or because it's a very kind of old school thing. It's kind of deeply ingrained in both television and movies, but I do think you know, you need to have the balls to kind of go one way or the other. Yeah. Next week, I am super excited because I will have played Shadow Warrior. And Oh, yeah, yeah. That comes out uh, Thursday, I think. Yeah, and I'm pretty amped to play that because the original Shadow Warrior was kind of unbelievably, unforgivably racist. And it's like, <laughs> take kind of Duke Nukem and take all of that stuff and the crude humor and you know the sex jokes and all that kind of stuff and then throw on top of it a ton of racism against asians and that's what shadow warrior is (laughs) so i'm wondering why they thought it was a good idea to kind of remake this game and re-release it and i can't wait to experience that what sort of racism are we talking about because when i think about like racism against asians for some reason maybe i'm just too pure for this but i can't think of anything bad really to say about asians except for like the obvious stuff like they can't drive well, I mean, it's no, it's, it's, it was like, it's basically kind of a bunch of, uh, stereotypes. Now, it's been a long time since I played the original. I think it came out, uh, 99. Um, and if I, if I'm 17 now, then in 99, I was, huh. what, like six years old or something. Anyway, 
Anyway, it came out back and it came out back around then. And if I recall, it's just kind of like every stereotype on an Asian person that you could kind of imagine. It's it's practically without quite being like World War Two propaganda of the uh, you know slanted eyes and the buck teeth. Uh, they didn't go quite that far, but they almost made it there. And everyone's just got these ridiculous accents, and it's like. Does anybody ever say "aso"? Um, yeah, they yes. might have, but yeah, that's, I think they that's did. Almost a certain uh, thing that they did. I actually yeah. have I have really fond memories of the game crashing back to my Windows desktop. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very. I, I remember having that game. It, I remember just it never ran right. Like it, it never fucking worked. I don't know why. I think I had it on Windows. I think I had a Windows Millennium PC at the time. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure they did kind of like everything. Like, you know, I me love you long time, all this kind of stuff. And it was just I'll, awful. Like you didn't realize it at kind of at the time, but looking back, I'm like, wow, that was uh I'll never was something. For, I'll never forget when that game starts. First of all, you're named Wang. That's yes. the name of your character is Wang. Yes. Um and there's a there's at least one point where you can approach a woman who is bathing uh, this like weird anime woman that's completely out of place in yeah. the in the rest of the game, and you can approach her and and he says he says do you want to wash Wang or do you do you want to watch Wang wash Wang? Yeah. And uh, that's like not even good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have anything to follow that up with. I just remember that pretty vividly, I, I, and then crashed the windows. I think they had so many of those weird anime things actually ha- ended up having to cut some of them from the game. It's like and. It involved bondage and tentacles and all the fun stuff, you know. Uh, I have a uh, I have a surprise thing to talk about. Oh, okay. That I didn't really tell anybody about yet, but uh, I don't know how much anybody's going to care. But I played Goddess. Uh, oh yeah. Which is that? Yeah, I, I played. Uh, I don't have it, but I played it on my brother's computer because he uh, he got the early access. It's pretty good, actually. Surprisingly good, considering I I don't really get that excited anymore for Peter Molyneux. So it's got this weird terrain where you kind of uh, you pull the layers around to uh, form it. And I like that. And uh, it plays basically a lot like Populous, more like Populous than than black and white. So what what role does the guy who played Curiosity play in that? Like, I know that he's God in the game, but what what has that meant so far? curiosity oh I, I i didn't know what the curiosity thing was you don't even know what the hook is here okay i never knew the hook so curiosity was a mobile game on uh, android and ios and basically it was a giant cube and you would touch the cube and chip away pieces of it and i mean it's, it's a huge 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 cube and you would basically just tap the screen to chip away pieces of it and as you chipped it away it would reveal the next layer of the cube and there'd usually be like a picture to look at or a message of some kind uh, but, uh. but the promise was the last person to tap a button and get to the center of the cube would win. Uh, w- well, what they would find at the center, basically what was in the box is they would find a life changing secret. And that was that it, it, it's Molyneux. So like there's some hyperbole there, but they would find a life changing secret. And what that secret wound up being is the person who made it to the center would get to be God in this game. Goddess. Um, um, I don't know what they mean by that because I think I think he got a cash prize too. Yeah, so Populous for anybody who doesn't know was a game that predated Black and White, and um, uh, later on, of course, Peter Molyneux got into the whole idea of God games, where you just control like your people and cast a bunch of magical God powers and things. But in Populous. The general idea was that you're you're still sort of a god in the sense that you shape the land in order to make it habitable by the people who live there. So it's kind of like a city builder, except you don't necessarily have precision control over anything. And uh, Goddess is, is pretty similar. It's a lot more artistic. I think it's independent. So uh, that's why they had to do a Kickstarter for it and all that. Um, I don't really have any complaints aside from the fact that I'm not sure where the goal is. You, you keep a civilization going and you just grow it larger and larger. And I'm not really sure where the end game is necessarily, if there even is one. But I do know that they have uh, some online connectivity. So uh, there's multiplayer in the sense that you get thrown into like this little island with another player 
and you have to sort of fight them to see who can gain more population and things like that. I mean, if you're God, you're probably going to be playing that game until entropy takes over the universe and ends all existence. Well, it's, right. it's funny that you say that. Um, I looked it up. He, I, he did not win a cash prize, at least not from what I can see. He is God of the game, whatever that entails. Uh, but he is not God forever. He can apparently be removed from the throne. Uh, and what exactly goes into doing that is, is kind of still undetermined, but. Oh, okay. I, I think I know what this might be then. So supposedly, even though this isn't the way it works yet in early access, supposedly you are sharing a landmass with other players. Uh, so I guess eventually as you're building your society up, you'll meet another player and have to sort of fight against their influence. I think what this might mean is uh, it's almost kind of a big, like a really big king of the hill. And I guess maybe that guy started out as the king of the hill. I'm just sorry. I'm still looking up some stuff here. So uh, interesting facts. The winner uh, was a 22 year old from uh, Scotland. Yeah, it looks like Scotland. He downloaded Curiosity. So Curiosity went on for months. Uh, I had it. Yeah. And they hadn't revealed a winner until months and months later. He downloaded the game an hour before it was completed. So some people chipped away at this cube for like six, seven months. This guy downloaded it just an hour before winning. Uh, he had never heard of, um, or he had never heard of Goddess, didn't know what it was, hadn't played any other Molyneux game. He's quoted as saying he always wanted to try Fable. <laughs> Isn't this just like the really old grandma who's about to die winning the lottery? Oh, man, that's awesome. Oh, what's that? Uh, yeah, that fable looked pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I'm God? Oh, yeah. oh okay. I guess. Uh, who's this Peter Moly nukes? Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. I'll be, I'll be your God. <laughs> no problem. Jesus. Oh, man. But that is, uh... that is how that worked out. Um, let, let me ask while I've, while, while you're here, Jason, you can cut this out or leave it in. I don't, whatever, but let me ask, we, obviously we don't have too much that we've been playing. Um, I feel like now that you're done with that gem arc lash, you're probably ready for something new aside from something that you are interested in. Uh, I'm just, I'm looking at new releases. Uh, any interest in Marlo Briggs? Do you know of, do you know of that? I don't even know what that is. Let me. Re he's he's an intense action hero. Here, I'll read you the description. It says, "A new breed of warrior returns, committed to destroying the enemies of freedom." Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. A new breed of warrior returns. Yeah. Okay. Go uh, ahead. He's committed. He's committed to destroying the enemies of freedom. When one angry man has a world to protect, there is only one future: his own. No nonsense hero Marlowe never shied away from danger or trouble. But now he faces his ultimate challenge. All these words that I emphasize are capitalized. After crash landing in Central America, he has an industrial evil to defeat whilst bound to an ancient Mayan death mask who's had no one to talk to for 2,000 years. <laughs> Another day at the office, only this time Marlowe is pushed to the limit. His sweetheart has been abducted, the bad guys are making up their own rules, and only one man can judge them and execute the sentence. What's, his, yeah, what's, what's the name so... of this game again? They told him to go to hell. He was dead ready. It's called Marlowe Briggs. M-A-R-L-O-W Briggs. B-R-I-G-G-S. With cliffhanger, over-the-top action, and cinematic gameplay, Marlowe Briggs takes inspiration from the best of blockbuster films, comic book heroes, and action games with its focus on relentless high-octane combat, exotic and danger-filled environments, and epic set pieces. Fight the enemies of freedom with stacks of awesome combos and magic abilities. Deploy mighty weapons of destruction. Reveal the deadly secrets of the Mayans. And save, this is capitalized, save the entire planet. All of dearth. I mean, could you really say no to this? <laughs> it, is, it is worth mentioning it's published by 505. Uh, the, same, the same people who brought you hits like uh, Payday 2. Uh, I would like to be fair here, and uh, I don't think 505 really brought us Payday 2. Overkill is the uh, developer there. Don't tarnish their name, please. Boy, this this game is aggressive. Ooh. It sounds like they're trying pretty hard, I gotta say. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're... You know, listen, I, I would like to review Goddess, so yeah. Let's not talk about what you're talking about. Ever again. <laughs> 
it's got when it's got us out, when will it be in a state that we can review it? I I'm not sure. Okay. It's early access right now. I think it's done when it's done. Release September thirteenth. Uh, I wonder if they're just doing it like Minecraft. And yeah, I don't know. It, it might be done when it's done. I guess we'll but. see. All right, well, keep looking as well to see if there's something else that that is more complete. I guess you could say. Yes. Um, but if you really want to pass on Marlow Briggs, I suppose I understand. Well, we're running low on time, so if you'd like, you can uh, do your weekly spiel. Sure, sure. All right, well, so if you saw the URL to this podcast spray-painted on a on a wall somewhere, the graffiti, like on an overpass, uh, and you're not sure where to go to enjoy the rest of our, our high-octane, action-packed content, uh, you should visit us at enemyslime.com. Uh, you should also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Both of the names for those accounts are The Enemy Slime. If we said something that's wrong, moderately incorrect, if we pronounced a word incorrectly, you can email us at contact at enemyslime.com. You can send us the nastiest, dirtiest letter. Alternatively, if you've seen a guy mug in broad daylight, or if you've seen a cheating husband at a steakhouse, you should also alert us. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's where you can send your stab watch tips. Oh, we we are gonna get happy sound for that, like a swing, like a knife. Oh, I know. I, I whipped that up uh, about five minutes before we started. We'll to, we're so. gonna need some after effects because that. So I'm really sorry about that. No, it's yeah. it's a it's a good it's a good start. All right. Well, with that, I think we're out for today. All right. Farewell. We'll see you guys next week. Alrighty.